Tapping the Keg Daily is live for Wednesday. It is January 3rd. We're going to talk about all the different Packer playoff scenarios. We're going to break it all down, give out some predictions, give out some thoughts about early week 18. We're also going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his thoughts on the Packer Bear rivalry, some of the comments he made on Pac Mafia, and also why it's okay to ignore some of the other parts of that Aaron Rodgers conversation. And then lastly, we will talk about the bowl season and just kind of where we are right now. Uh, Wisconsin obviously lost to LSU. Uh, Wisconsin was depleted, but also LSU is depleted kind of get into a lot of the conversations that are being had about the Bulls, maybe talk a little bit about both the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl uh, at the tail end, obviously more on the national level. But yeah, a, a good show today. Uh, better time than ever to tap into all the different social medias. Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports, Instagram, as well as TikTok, uh, Facebook too. Uh, and if you're already doing that or you're joining us from the social medias, uh, we are doing this podcast four days a week. We'll have podcasts all week this week. My buddy Mitch and I will be doing the show tomorrow uh, where we'll react to Packer, uh, Packers, uh, Bucks Pacers, and then uh, talk a little bit more about some of the evergreen things going on in the Wisconsin sports world. And then we'll have another solo show on Friday, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, also, a little uh, programming note, I'll talk about this on Friday too, uh, likely a morning pod on Monday, so Packer Bears reaction will likely happen in the morning. I am going to the game, I'm coming home, so I will not necessarily be probably in the mood to tape a pod, win or lose. Uh, I'll probably just want to go right the fuck to bed uh, as I probably will be home about 11 or 12 uh, given the time. But who knows? You never know. Maybe I, the vibes are so high that I want to get on the mic. But I just want to get ahead of that. Uh, and yeah, we do it four days a week. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast. If somewhere we are not and you listen to pods and you're like, hey, I want to check out Tapping the Keg, but you're not on this podcast platform, let me know. Uh, hit me up on either social media platform, uh, Instagram, Tapping the Keg Sports, or, in, or uh, tw Twitter slash X, Tapping the Keg. Uh, yeah, I, I need to keep calling it X, but I just don't. Um, I don't know. It's hard, man. It's like X. Like, I don't know. Elon's got some work to do. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see if he uh, does that. But maybe uh, some bigger fish to fry. All right. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packer playoff scenario. The Green Bay Packers are exactly where they were yet last year. Uh, with a chance to get to the playoffs if they just beat their opponent. The opponent is a rival. The opponent is a team that is on the rise. A team that has played really well down the stretch. That thinks of themselves as last year's Lions, coincidentally enough. Uh, I want to talk a lot about the deja vu factor with Mitch tomorrow, so I'm not going to go into that uh, per se, but it, it is just ironic that this is where we are, that they're not facing a Bears team that has completely tanked, that it's Tyson Bajant season, and they're completely out on Justin Fields. In fact, they want to kind of play for Justin Fields and convince the organization that they should either not draft uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May, but keep Justin Fields as their starting quarterback. It is a very fascinating matchup in terms of that, and then in terms of the more macro Packer Bear stuff, which we'll talk about a little bit later about Aaron Rodgers' comments. Um, it, it's all sort of right there. 
But Green Bay knows that if they win three to nothing, they get in the playoffs. Green Bay had to beat the Bears to get in the playoffs in 2010, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl. And they won 10 to seven in a very ugly game against arguably one of the best Bears defenses of the last 25 years and did just enough to beat that Chicago team. And that Chicago team was in the playoffs. They had clinched the two seed at that point and Chicago wanted to basically make sure that Green Bay didn't get in. They played all their guys. Lovey Smith was adamantly against the Green Bay Packers and wanted to do everything to disrupt the Green Bay Packers. And yet it was not good enough. And they lost that game. The Packers, again, did just enough. And then they would see each other in the NFC Championship game later that that month. So the Packers have been here before. That's a long time. There's nobody playing on that team. There might be a coach or something that could reflect on that. But there are guys here from last year that, you know, had what happened against Detroit occur to them. And to have it happen in back-to-back years would be a really tough pill to swallow. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. But I also think that this is a different mantra. This is a different energy. And this is a rebuilding year. And I think that I would spin zone this so fast it would make your head spin, okay? So yes, there are a lot of ways that this can break down and that either the Packers are in the playoffs or they are out of the playoffs. And that is what we're here to break down on the podcast today. Starting with maybe the most obvious how it all breaks down is the Green Bay Packers winning, but also the Los Angeles Rams winning against the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams, or 49ers, pardon me, are in a similar spot to what the Bears were, what we reflect to in 2010, where the 49ers have everything locked up. Uh, The 49ers, you know, will be on a bye. They have nothing to play for. Um, I think that there is some theory behind at least getting some reps, feeling good, but they've had, you know, injury bugs come up at any point. You know, Debo, Trent Williams, uh, Christian McCaffrey is not playing. He has a mild calf strain. Kittle uh, always seems to be an injury away. I think that they will be very cautious. It is at home. Uh, they, Shanahan has done really well against Sean McVay. I think given the fact that Brock Purdy got hurt last January, I think they're going to want to make sure they, what, they see what they have with Sam Darnold. Uh, I, the Rams could start Carson Wentz. They, if they lose though, obviously that could put them in against Dallas um, instead of Detroit. And take away the Stafford and the bigger picture about the Detroit uh, Rams mashup, I think the Rams would rather face Detroit than face Dallas. And so I think the Rams are going to want to win this football game. It just matters of will the 49ers be motivated? And we'll kind of get a sense of that um, as the day goes on on Sunday. But I have it that the 49ers are gonna play a little bit and then the foot's gonna go off the gas and that the Rams are going to win this game and the Rams are going to play the Lions. And it's that to me is probably the biggest matchup of the weekend, but Packers-Dallas would be equally big. Um, I think if it's Packers-Dallas, uh, that is your 325 game. I don't know who has it, CBS or Fox, but that is your 325 game on Sunday. Uh, to me, there's there's kind of no question about that. Obviously, 
All these games are potentially on primetime. Uh, since ESPN got the Cowboys last year, I think that another team, another you know network is going to want the Cowboys, and I believe they're going to get it. Uh, I mean, I think there's areas of opportunities for really great primetime games across the board. I mean, you have Rams, Lions, what we talked about. Eagles, Buccaneers, I think will be more your noon game on a Sunday. Uh, and then Dolphins, Chiefs is either primetime on NBC or Monday night. And then Bills, Texans, which I have. I actually have the Bills and Texans as your 2-7 matchup. Um, I, I think that, again, is a potential early afternoon. Maybe maybe Eagles-Bucks also could be you know a primetime game, too. Um, so, yeah, it, it would be kind of uneven where they're like premier games, like the Cowboys and Packers, the Rams and Lions, the Chiefs and Dolphins. And then there are other ones where you're like, yeah, you can go without it. But that, to me, that's what the first round of the NFL playoffs has become versus what it used to be where every matchup was really a banger. Um, I, I think even if you have the Colts win, right, it would Bill's Colts. So I, again, that's, that's kind of like a noon, early, early afternoon start. And I, we'll, we'll sort of have to see. Also, I wonder, you know, what ESPN wants, right? They, they had a they had Buccaneers uh, Philadelphia. I don't know how the draft picks go. Um, I this is always to me one of the more fascinating parts about playoffs is the draft and what what entails and usually how it goes and and all this other stuff. But I think Packers Cowboys is the number one pick and to me that is the most realistic matchup and I think we'd be playing at three twenty five. Uh, if the Rams were to lose. So if the Rams did lose and they were, they kind of puked on their shoes and they, for some reason, did not want to play the Lions. I, I Again, I, I don't think that that's going to happen, but they play Carson Wentz and it's Wentz versus Sam Darnold, which Peter Schrager alluded to and Schrager is about as dialed into the Rams as anyone, uh, given his relationship with Sean McVay. Um, it, Green Bay would go to Detroit and Green Bay wins, obviously. So it's Rams lose, Green Bay wins. Green Bay goes to Detroit. Uh, the Rams are in Dallas. The Eagles obviously stay the same. Uh, and in that case, if it's Packers-Lions, I think that is either your Sunday night game. I could see that being the Peacock game, right? Knowing you have all those Packer fans that need to subscribe and become Peacock users. Uh, that could be a bounty uh, for NBC. I could also see Monday night wanting to be a part of that as well. I would. I will say if they are the Monday night game, I'm going to have weird vibes about it, just given the fact that the Packers have, are 0-2 on Monday night this year and have played like shit on both Monday night occasions, uh, which is just dumb fallacy bullshit, but that would be how I, how I would feel. Uh, so that is on the table, um, and that is certainly there for Green Bay as well. Um, if the Packers were to lose uh, and Seattle and LA were to win, it's Seahawks-Cowboys and it's Rams-Lions. I do want to point out that I think the NFL does not want that in the slightest. I think the NFL is vehemently against that. I think knowing that they have Packers-Cowboys potentially on the table, I think Packers-Lions would do a pretty solid number given what we saw on Thanksgiving, uh, which was a huge rating there. I think the NFL wants the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. I think that your Bears fans' friends are going to complain to all hell about the officiating. I'm not saying it's gonna be rigged for the Packers. I'm not, not inferring that. But I will say that if you're having a beer with Goodell this week, Goodell is saying, I hope the Packers win. And that's just part of being a public team. And Goodell is pining the Packers win. I think he's also pining the Bills win, uh, for that matter. I, I think that the Bills in the playoffs versus out of the playoffs is, is a huge, 
thing for the NFL because the Bills have a huge fan base. So I think the Bills winning the division is another factor uh, that I, I believe the NFL is kind of looking at for the year. So yes, I, I think that would obviously be devastating. I actually think that's the worst version of the NFC. I know that you're like, Charlie, that's that's biased. That's your bias. But let's just be honest here. Are, they, are the Seahawks really a playoff team? I mean, they've sort of struggled against good teams all fucking year. They beat the teams they should have. That credit to them. But that they don't exactly scream playoff team to me. And that Seahawks-Cowboys is a pretty boring matchup. Uh, Rams lines obviously get... But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily down for that. Now, if you were to have the Seahawks win, but the Rams were to lose, Green Bay does get in. So that is a weird combination. But if the Rams were to lose to the 49ers, the Rams would then go to Dallas, the Packers would go to Detroit, and Seahawks would still be out. So that is that is certainly on the potential table, right? Um, that the Seahawks would be out and we wouldn't necessarily have anything to do with Seattle. I, I think there's an operation, keep the Seahawks out of the mix. I don't know if there's any other scenarios that could potentially happen. Um, it, it, there is a weird one where if the Packers lose, Seattle loses, but the Rams win, I believe the Saints would get in the playoffs. Oh, I had that combination. And okay, so maybe that was wrong by the playoff machine. For some, I weirdly had the Saints in if they beat the uh, Atlanta Falcons, which would be odd given the Packers have the tiebreaker against New Orleans. So maybe that was fraudulent. Yeah, I mean, if that were the case, then again, you would, let's see, am I, is that right? Am I, am I reimagining something? Yeah, no, that is right, okay. So I, I did pop that in, and yeah, New Orleans would get in. Uh, I'm telling you, no one, no one wants New Orleans either. Uh, that's again another team that nobody, nobody wants in the dance. No one wants them anywhere near uh, a playoff opportunity. Uh, so yeah, that that's it. So that it does happen. That's wow. That's that is kind of a wild combination. And yeah, there are you know other we now we don't even do ties, and I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna try that. Uh, but uh, we go back to what does the league want? Saints-Cowboys is definitely not something the league would want. So if Green Bay were to get in in terms of their playing Dallas, what would their path to the Super Bowl look like? And yes, it would be highly unrealistic that the Green Bay Packers would make the Super Bowl. I think that the Green Bay Packers, though, do have a better shot at making the Super Bowl than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think if you were to ask me which one has a better shot, I'd say the Packers. If you if like I, if you had to bet like how, who goes further, uh, I would say the Packers. Um, just based on you know what they've been playing, how they've been playing this season, the talent they have, um, the quarterback. Um, I know Baker Mayfield beat Jordan Love earlier this month. I still believe that ba that Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was just in his fucking bag in that game. Um, so anyways, I, I, I think the Packers have at least a, a shot. I, I think it's a long shot. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, especially given the fact how good Dallas is at home. Um, but we've seen the Packer-Cowboy rivalry be more on the Packers side of things uh, in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And there are some real demons. And if you talk to Cowboys fans, I don't think they want to see the Packers in the playoffs. 
um, even though it's in Dallas. And I, I think there's a lot of pain you know, facing that team. You also have Mike McCarthy against his old team. Um, I don't think there's any ill will there, but I, I think there that LaFleur feels comfortable against Dan Quinn. You know, obviously won last year, and the Packers were shorthanded, and they were underdogs in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they won in overtime uh, in Green Bay. And they, at one point, you know, were up 14-0. They let the lead go. Uh, Joe Barry, uh, masterclass. And, yeah, would I worry about Joe Barry against CeeDee Lamb? Sure, for sure. But, yeah, if Green Bay were to stun the world and beat Dallas, then it's like, congratulations, you now play San Francisco. And San Francisco has been the Dallas of the 90s. And the, the Packers have had so many seasons end with the 49ers and I, I'd have to think that that would be in their head that they would try to finally you know end the 49er curse and and they would face San Francisco and if they were to stun the world and beat San Francisco and everybody thinks it's going to be San Francisco Baltimore uh, that would then make the winner of the Rams Lions and the Buccaneers Eagles is there a world where we could have it be Packers Lions for the NFC could you imagine the Lions fans thinking that everything was going to go against them calls-wise? Um, it would be in Detroit. It would be very rowdy. Um, the, that would be kind of the final boss for Detroit and Dan Campbell. Um, it, what if it was the Rams? And then it's you know the six and the seven seed. Kind of fits what the NFL has been this year. Uh, would be in LA, uh, but you'd have so many Packer fans you know at that game. Or if it was, you know, Eagles, Eagles Packers and in, in Philadelphia and this Eagles team, which it looks like they're kind of careening off a cliff, somehow pulls it together for the playoffs. I, I would be stunned if it was the Buccaneers on uh, the Packers get another shot at that team. But to me, that's like the least likely uh, scenario in terms of that combination. Now, if it's Packers Lions and they were able to beat Detroit, they probably are still looking at San Francisco in the second round. Uh, the Rams obviously could beat Dallas, but the Dallas beat their ass earlier this season. I think the pass rush of Dallas against the pretty average Rams offensive line uh, would lead to not necessarily a great game for Matt Stafford. Um, and they, they would then see San Francisco in the second round. Uh, then you'd have the Dallas winner uh, versus the Eagles or the Buccaneers. Um, again, another thing where the league... The league probably hopes for Eagles-Cowboys in the second round. That, to me, would be what the league would prefer, is that they get Eagles-Cowboys in the second round. That would be a massive game um, for the networks and definitely something that they would want um, in terms of their premier, premier windows for the following week in the divisional round. So we'll certainly have to see. There's a lot of ways to skin this cat. The Packers could also lose, and Dallas is playing the, five, the, the four or the five seed. Uh, and then that's it, or the six seed. It, well, no, the seven would win. So yeah, they'd either play the four or the five, uh, or the three for that matter. And it's just all sort of washed away. Um, it could also, you know, Packers could not be a part of it. So there's a lot of ways that this thing can go. Uh, but I think you're just excited to be in the conversation, right? I think next year, you know, let's work on, you know, week 18 not being a nail biter and not having our heart in our asshole, which I, I've used that phrase a little too much. Um, this is, I think, the second straight podcast I've used it, but like, let's avoid you know, that feeling uh, the rest you know, next year. Let's just be the one seed 
<laughs> be on easy street and whoever you're playing, whether it's the Vikings, the Lions, or Bears, it's just it's a meaningless football game. Let's let's hope for that uh, in 2024 and 2025 for that matter. Uh, but yes, that that is all the all the playoff scenarios, and excited to see how it plays out on Sunday. All right, moving on, staying with football, but moving on to Aaron Rodgers. So we're not going to talk about. Aaron Rodgers comments around the alphabet doctors and Jimmy Kimmel. I want, I want to talk about that a little bit later um, in terms of the ignoring section, but I, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his comments around Pat, the Packer Bear rivalry. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked about it. He gets asked about the Packers a lot from Pat McAfee, explained how Matt LaFleur has never lost to Chicago Bears. They're nine and zero. explained, you know, the, how happy he is for Jordan Love and talked about they can't beat us. It's their Super Bowl. It's, you know, is it really a rivalry? Now, I think there could be some people that are like, why is Rodgers talking shit on, on the Packers' behalf? And he shouldn't be doing that. You know, he's giving the Bears extra motivation. I think the Bears have a ton of motivation about this game already. I don't necessarily think they need more bullpen, bull, bulletin board material. They've, you know, they've looked at this game as their Super Bowl. Rodgers is absolutely right about that. What he said is not wrong per se. And I do know that in today's world, you can find motivation anywhere. You know, the Ravens were underdogs to the 49ers. They took that personally. Dave Doran of NC State, uh, the head football coach, heard that Steve Smith called them a basketball school on college game day and then basically told Steve Smith to fuck off after they beat Clemson. So like they they people can find motivation anywhere these days. So I know that the Bears have heard 12's comments. I know that it is going to be a conversation on Chicago radio this morning, and it probably was a, a topic on Waddle and Sylvie yesterday afternoon. That said, I I look at it more from the fact of I love that Rogers is using the word us and we. Some fans were mad about it. Some fans were like, he can't claim the Green Bay Packers and that he shouldn't use that. And it was a real like sort of spellbounding, weird few hours of discourse that really was ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest Packers of all time. All right, take away all the other bullshit and just look at the player on the field. He is one of the best Packers that has ever played in a green and gold uniform. And the fact that that guy wants to basically be a Packer still and talks us and we and everything else is such a night and day difference from Brett Favre. It's like either it's Gen Z who forgot about Brett Favre and forgot about just how brutal that was for really two years and the years after. Like, we, we need a history lesson. And, and this happens, I think, in life more than ever, right? I think because we're so consumed with so much media that we just forget about other stuff. Like, Brett Favre was such a dickhead to the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, there's obviously a rumor that he punched Ted Thompson. Um, who knows if that is actually true or not? Um, no one's ever really sourced that out. I can't remember if that was in Jeff Perlman's book, which is excellent, uh, Gunslinger. And Jeff Perlman went on to call Aaron Rodgers, but he did, they disagree politically. So I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll save that again for that second section because I think that second section factors into what we're talking about here. And 
Aaron Rodgers, you know, they, the relationship with Favre, getting back to that, was really terse. And it was really tense. And it was, there was a, a cooling period needed. Now, I know Brett Favre has done some really shitty things to the, city of, or the, the state of Mississippi. And he has, you know, become an anti-hero. But if you remember, you know, in 2010, as Favre is, you know, laying on the ground in TCF Bank, and he's concussed and he has to get pulled off the field. To me, that was the, that was the time where I, I kind of started to feel bad again for Brett Favre. And I, I couldn't believe that he, you know, sort of let it all hang out and didn't necessarily retire on top. But that was not what Favre was going to do. It's not what Rodgers is going to do. You know, I felt similarly when Rodgers tore his Achilles. I felt the same way of like, I feel bad for these guys that they were not given that opportunity to sort of have this last moment of glory, even if it was affecting the Packers. I, I feel bad, I guess for Favre, it was because he was the Vikings. I, I hated him. Like I, I, I absolutely couldn't stand Brett Favre for two years. I couldn't stand Brett Favre for a couple of years after the fact. The Packers winning a Super Bowl and then going 15-1 and one and having really two incredible seasons. Now, I know 15-1 season didn't go our way in the playoffs, but that run really for that entire year of 2011 basically was able to dissolve the Brett Favre stuff. Had the Packers not won a Super Bowl, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we really would have hated Brett Favre more and more. But I, I think that that sort of washed it away that we're like, we have a new guy. And I also think that Jordan Love being awesome Aaron Rodgers getting hurt has probably made me feel less anger and ill will towards Aaron Rodgers, the player, okay? And so I, I think that that all is there. I, I, yeah, I should probably clean up the Favre thing. It's not that I didn't want him to succeed. I didn't want him to succeed with the Vikings, but I just wanted him to retire and you know not be a concussion and things like that. That was so bad. I, I, that was, to me, that's like a, a top tier, like worst games I've watched. I remember I was with my parents who were big. My mom was a huge Favre fan. I uh, wasn't when he was with the Vikings. She wasn't one of those weirdos who became like a Favre fan and not Packer fan, which again, I don't think those people should be Packer fans again. I've, I've made that abundantly clear. Um, but I, I, it was, I, it was just such a weird and because the game was on Monday, remember, was that on Tuesday or Monday? Because the, the, the dome had caved in. So they had to play in TCF, and TCF, it was cold as shit. Like, it was, you know, like zero-degree weather. The game had to be played because the Bears were, you know, a top team in the NFC at that point. Um, and I, I couldn't remember. I think it was a Tuesday night, and then Favre gets hurt. Um, I'm pretty sure I have that right. Uh, you guys might have to fact-check me, but it was, yeah, that was, that was bad. You know, continuing on, you know, in terms of the Aaron Rodgers, the person, and some of the comments he made, uh, I think I'm not going to react to those. Um, again, we're a sports show. Uh, we're not politically really involved. Uh, you guys can go elsewhere for that commentary. Um, I really pride myself on stick to sports. Uh, I know it's cliche. Uh, I know it's maybe not exactly what you want to hear, uh, but I want this to be a safe haven. So I want, you know, if you're as far left as you can be and you want to listen to me, that's great. And if you are more right, and I hope you're not too right, but, and I also hope you're not too left. I hope you're, you know, even if you are very left or very right, let's just put it that way. I want you to enjoy this podcast.
and I want you to enjoy it because you're a Packer fan, because you're a Bucks fan, because you're a Brewer fan, because you're a Marquette fan. Um, Badger fans, I, I would say I'm not as maybe your your audience, but even if you're listening there or you want to push me to do more Badger stuff, uh, maybe we can talk about that. I, I, I try to not wade in these waters, but what I, I will say is you can ignore Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to react to it. You don't have to be part of the conversation. I saw the same fucking people that were making themselves a part of the conversation that didn't necessarily need to be. This to me is like one of those litmus tests of how online are you? How good is your social media acumen? Can you stay out of the conversation? And that to me is something that more people need to do. You don't need to have a voice for everything. Someone was like, well, it's the former Packers quarterback. I have to talk about it. Do you? To me, like the Packer Bear stuff, yeah, that to me is relevant. I did a video on it. You can find it on Tab the Keg, uh, Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram. Like, I, I think that stuff you have to talk about. But like this stuff you can ignore. You don't have to talk about Aaron Rodgers, the person. Aaron Rodgers, the person, is a very conflicted individual, a guy who has a ego the size of Montana. And it's disappointing that he is a little bit of a weirdo, maybe a lot of bit of a weirdo. And, but Brett Favre, obviously not a good dude either. Quarterbacks are weird guys, especially as they get older. And I think because Aaron Rodgers does not necessarily have a family, does not have you know a wife, does not have kids, I think he has time to his own vices. And I think he gets way deep in terms of the rabbit holes and the conspiracy theories and wants to be this thinker that is so different from everybody else and inhales his farts to start his day as some psychedelic. I, I, I just think you can ignore that guy. I, don't, I think you, you don't have to pay attention to him. I think Pat McAfee is in a lot of trouble. And if you've listened to some of the other stuff I've done about Pat McAfee, um, I think he's directly responsible for, you know, some of the negative ill, not some of it. I think a lot of the, the negative ill will towards Aaron Rodgers. I think we wouldn't know this side of Aaron Rodgers. And it's a lot on Pat McAfee because Pat McAfee lets him, you know, run his mouth like state media and lets him sort of just talk his shit instead of pushing back. When he talks about alphabet doctors, Pat McAfee said, what do you mean? Do you mean the FBI? Do you mean the DEA? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Instead of someone, you know, inferring that it was something to do with the LBGTQTIA community. Like, to, so that's like that because it, Pat McAfee has just put Aaron in such a bad spot. And, and you're like, well, it's Aaron's fault. Well, yeah, but he, no one pushes him back. So it'll be very interesting to see what the mouse does with Pat McAfee. I would imagine... There's going to be an apology to Jimmy Kimmel to open the show today. Um, I would imagine that maybe you don't see Aaron Rodgers for a month um, or longer. I, I wonder how Rodgers will react to that. Um, we'll certainly have to see. Um, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting uh, because he went right after a ABC employee. Uh, Rodgers was also threatened uh, with legal action from Jimmy Kimmel. Um, also paints a picture. I don't know if you listen to Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal. 
But it, uh, Pittsburgh sure why those guys don't like uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Because they work for Jimmy Kimmel. They're friends with Jimmy Kimmel. And I don't know. I don't think you'd like your buddy uh, to be called out like that. Uh, even, you know, even if you, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just, I, we don't need to talk any more about it. But I wanted to at least acknowledge the fact that, yeah, this is being talked about, but it's okay to separate the player from the person. That, that is allowed. The art, not the artist, right? Um, I, I think Kanye West is another great example of that. I still listen to Kanye West music. I think he is a deplorable human being. Um, I, but the art of Kanye West is still great. I, I still listen to Kanye at the gym later today. Um, but I'm not going to support the person that he is. And he also came out of the woodwork and was just firing off just very racy Instagrams yesterday. So maybe it's just the, the new year, right? It's like, all right, new year, 2024. Got to show people, yep, still weird. Kanye West, yep, still weird. Aaron Rodgers, yep, still weird. Uh, that's maybe how it goes. I don't know. Uh, but let's, uh, let's move on. Let's wrap up today's show and talk about the bowl season. So I wanted to do this yesterday. Uh, I didn't necessarily get a chance to, um, but the bowl season is at a, I don't know if I'd say it's a crisis, but there's obviously changes that are needed. Uh, I think that personally, it was hilarious that Florida State got their asses kicked 63 to 63 to three. Basically their entire team opted out. They quietly protest. They took the check from the Orange Bowl and they cashed that, and then they said, fuck you. And then that drew the ire of Kirby Smart. It drew the ire of ESPN, and Florida State got what they wanted. They said, look, if you put us in the playoff, we had everybody would have played. You know, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, uh, Rodemaker, I don't know, maybe he doesn't transfer. Uh, but, like, you would have an entire roster of Florida State players playing against Michigan, you know, in the Rose Bowl. And, you know, there's debates that Florida State would have held their own against Michigan. I have no idea. Um, I, I don't. It's a total hypothetical. Uh, Florida State fans are about as delusional uh, as they come in the NFL right now, or uh, college football as they come right now. But I, I, it, it's still a, it drew the iron. And now everybody thinks it's a crisis. And we watched the Wisconsin Badgers against the LSU Tigers and it was one of the better bowl games, I feel like, of the bowl season. I did not see where it made on Tom Fornelli's bowl rankings list, but I felt like that was a excellent football game. And I felt like the back and forth of it all, the Badgers could not hold the lead to save their soul. Uh, LSU's offense has been dynamic all season. Garrett Nussmeyer in his first start really, you know, got things cooking um, and really felt comfortable, even with Malik Neighbors, who sat out after he, you know, broke the record that he was looking to break. Um, it was, you know, it was just a great football game and a very much a back and forth. And the Badgers just did not have enough and could not get that, you know, final stop against LSU and Tanner Mordecai kind of turned into Tanner Mordecai at the end. And that was a fitting way to sort of end Wisconsin season. You know, Mike Tressel, uh, to me, is a guy who I don't think really deserves a job. I know we, we don't talk about the, Pack, uh, the Badgers as much as we used to, but I, I, I have no idea how Mike Tressel uh, should keep his job. Uh, I don't. I I think he should have been out before the bowl. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Mike Tressel uh, does keep his job this week. Um, I, I realize, feel like the, the pickings are you know more slim now than they would have been two or three weeks ago. Had you ousted Tressel, 
Um, but it, it'll be curious to see if that does in fact happen. Um, Longo's going to stay. I think they've, you know, they continuing to build the offense, you know, around what Phil Longo wants to do. I think there are recruits that want to play for, for Phil Longo, whether it's Taylor, Tyler Van Dyke or, uh, Mabry, uh, Mulder. I think that's how he pronounced his last name. So like, you're going to have that version of Wisconsin and the offense looked better without Braylon Allen in there. And, you know, Badgers had a lot of time to prep. Um, I think LSU obviously was one of the worst defenses in, in college football. So I think, you know, a lot of teams could score at least 20 on LSU, uh, especially in the Power Five. Uh, so I, maybe I'm not surprised there. Uh, but I'll be very curious to see what year two looks like of Wisconsin. Uh, because I, I don't know if you're exactly encouraged, especially after losing the bowl game. But you do wonder, well, what if you had Braylon Allen? What if, you know, you had Chimray DK who transferred to Florida? What if you you had some of the other talented players that opted out? Uh, it, it's a great question. But also for LSU, what if we had Jaden Daniels? What if we had, you know, all of our guys that were ready to play? I think, you know, obviously the big conversation right now for the Bulls to how to save the Bulls, quote unquote, is to make sure the transfer portal happens after the bull season. That the transfer portal does not happen till after the bull season. I think there are there's some complications with that. Um, number one, you have the spring semester, right? Spring semesters for some teams, some schools start in January. And there's not really a late enrollment. So while you can scoff and be like, these guys aren't a- academic, you know, scholars. Um, that still like matters. Like they're still students. All right. If we completely cut that out, then they are just semi-pros and, and maybe they are already. Okay. Like I understand that, but I think that that is some, something that is difficult. Um, and I, I agree with the Lane Kiffin commentary of who starts free agency before our season, the season is over. I agree with that sentiment. Um, I just think it's really difficult. I think it's really difficult to find the right answer. All these schools can't be like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna push back our start so all the guys can can come in. Because if you don't start the transfer portal till after January 1st, basically you're giving these guys some some, you know, 10 days. So how do you how do you work with that? How do you you know if you have an early you know second semester start date if you're starting school next week? How do you work with your administration to say can we make this work? I think there is a ton of hurdles that they would have to go through to push back the transfer portal. That's number one. So if you're like all right we can't do that, then what what is the other solutions? What other things could you have? I think number two is you have to self-report your transfer portal. I think you have to self-report your opt-outs in your transfer portal. And if you have too many opt-outs, then you forfeit, you know, your spot in the bull. And you need, you don't, you wait to select the bulls until right before Army Navy. So you have a week to kind of gather your information. And if you hit a certain threshold, you either get knocked down to a smaller bowl game or you are not, you're, you have a choice to opt out entirely and your team is not going to participate. Because if you have a team where, like I'm thinking of Syracuse, for example, where Syracuse made a bowl, you know, they quote unquote deserve the postseason, but they were basically a shell of themselves because they didn't have a coach there. They didn't have any quarterbacks 
and they got absolutely blasted, right? And I do think you need to probably shrink the bulls. I don't think you need as many bulls as possible. I do think for you know the G5 schools, your Sun Belts, your CUSAs, your Americans, I think these bowl games still matter. I think that's still important. I, I think they matter for some P5 teams as well, even when they have the playoffs, because I think it can be a springboard for next season. So that's why I'm thinking if you self-report how many you have, you then basically pull these teams together and you say, okay, Old Miss, total example. I think Old Miss is going to be really good next year because of what they've done in the portal. But hypothetically, let's say that you have a disappointing season. Then you have a bunch of opt-outs. But, okay, so Old Miss is a bad example. Let's think of a better example. Um, let's just use Wisconsin. Um, okay, so let's say Wisconsin has a pretty solid year, but they don't make the playoffs. But nobody opts out. And everybody's playing. Maybe Chesma Lucy, you know, is getting ready for the draft. So he's not going to play. And Van Dyke also. But other than that, everybody else is playing. And you can wait it on quarterbacks, running backs, the whole thing. And then these go into a pool. And then you have you have the, you know, other, other bowl games create a draft. And it's basically a draft of who do you want playing in your bowl games. Now, you can keep the same relationships. You can say, all right, it, it's still going to be Big Ten and SEC for the, uh, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. It's still going to be Big Ten SEC for the ReliQuest Bowl. But I think a draft, and I know that I'm not the first guy to say this. I think 24-7 Sports has also suggested this, so I'm not trying to steal, steal their shine entirely. I think to me, that is how you kind of fix this bowl game thing. I think less bowls would help, first of all, but I think it just becomes a draft, right? The Chick-fil-A, the Peach Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, all those bowls are gonna be quarterfinals. So you're not gonna have to worry about those games, you know, having to draft these. It comes down to your other bowl games. And then that to me is where sort of it starts. And they then get to select, and then ESPN and NBC, who I would imagine would want to get involved, CBS, who I think would want to get involved with more than just the Sun Bowl, uh, Fox. You know, I, I think that there will be, then you open up the opportunity for maybe more. And to add on to the TV part of it, I think that you're going to have these bowl games stay because live TV is what's making money right now. That's the only reliable thing that people have. Now, granted, it was a writer's strike, but ABC is having basketball games on Wednesday nights in the middle of January. The Bulls and Knicks play on ABC tonight. I had to check it like twice. I looked at my YouTube TV. I was like, is this right? And the reason they're doing it is A, because of the strike, but B, because live, TV, live sports inventory is still hotter than ever. You're telling me that they wouldn't want to get a, a bowl game on Peacock? That they wouldn't say, all right, we're going to put a, you know, a, a P5 versus P5 on Peacock. Uh, and that we're, we're going to try to do it on Paramount Plus and CBS. Like, I don't know, man. I think you're going to, I don't think bowl games are going away. I just think you need to fix them. And I, I don't know if pushing back the transfer portal is realistic. I think self-reporting what you have in the transfer portal and that team, that rosters are locked in and that players have to choose by this date. And you're going to be this is unfair to the players. Like at some point, uh, how much is just, it's it just, it is what it is, okay? Like there have been a lot of unfair things for players 
in past generations, but the players have it pretty fucking good right now. So can we just agree that they can make their decision, you know, within a week and then they can select from there? Like, why can't that be possible? To me, that to me feels almost too obvious, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think that there's going to be change. I don't know if it'll happen next year because the NCAA is slow, but it certainly something does need to change. All right, that does it for today's show. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with Mitch um, and we'll react to Bucks Pacers. We're going to also talk about team chemistry within the Bucks organization, what we're in and out on in Wisconsin sports, uh, kind of a play on the, the kind of the new trendy resolution. Shout out uh, all of you on Instagram, giving your ins and outs. And then uh, we'll also talk about Deja Vu with Packers Bears, um, which we'll, you know, I kind of started to talk about it. And I was like, oh, I, I don't want to ruin uh, tomorrow. So we'll, we'll talk about all that, I'm sure. And if anything else comes across the wire, we'll talk about that too. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a great Wednesday. I know some of you starting work for uh, the year. If that's you, uh, T's and P's. I should have said that earlier. Uh, but it's, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.